Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thanks so much for listening to the show as we celebrate all things creating and, of course, stories. So let's get ready and tune our imaginations together. How do you feel about your car? One thing I know to be true is that a car can be like a beloved member of the family. There's a connection with this piece of life that is not like any other object in our lives. You and your car, car and driver, together get through life. You know, we even sometimes name our cars. A lot of people do that. My my dad always did. We pray for our cars to start on cold days. We rely on our cars to get there wherever near or far. We trust our cars with our families. We buy a car that feels right for us. Our cars are part of who we are and where we are in life. My first best loved cars, car was the car I bought with my own money. And now I laugh about it, but it was a Chevrolet Cavalier RS. And I liked that the RS stand, stood for a rally sport. I thought it looked sporty and it had this manual transmission and I loved to feel it and be in control while I uh, just cruised around my suburban world. And I could, of course, afford it, and my dad thought that Chevrolets were reliable, so that's why it was right for me. I drove this car until it didn't make sense to fix what was broken because it wasn't worth much. And I had my picture taken with it the day we brought it to the junkyard, and I still miss this car, and I'm still sad about the fact that we ever had to give it up. But my next car I loved even more, and this one... Um, just caught my eye. I'm, I'm usually someone who takes a long time to consider these things. I was driving by. I saw it in a dealership parking lot, called my husband, and I said, we're getting this car. It was a 1994 Chevrolet Impala SS, black, sleek, and fast, and I loved this car. It was magical and just surprising because nobody understood that it actually had that Corvette engine under it, even though it didn't look like it. And I wish I didn't have to sell that car, too. It was right after we bought where we had the car and we had the twins and we just couldn't figure out how to make car seats work for the babies in the back. And we had to uh, decide to sell it. And it was heartbreaking. And I remember the young man that that came to buy it and he brought his own testing machine and he hooked it up like it was like he was diagnosing its health right in our driveway. And I still get sad about him driving that away. Such a beauty. So we do have these relationships with our car. And I hope that you have a story about car love in your life. Life can be told through the stories of our cars. Today, we're going to hear from a dear friend of Arts Any Radio to share his car story. I want to welcome to Arts Any Radio, Nick Sinclair. Welcome to Arts Any Radio. Thank you. This is so exciting. It's been a very long time. It's been a while. Yeah, since you've been on. And you are, I, I described you as a hot rod and tattoo artist and now author. Nick Sinclair. And you're going to share uh, with us your new book, Two Door Post. And this new book is a memoir about his father, a hot rod, and a journey told in stories, and my favorite part, the quintessential Sinclair-style illustrations. It is amazing. You can learn more at Nick Sinclair, S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R dot art. He's also on Instagram at Art by Sinclair. And the book is called Two Door Post. So... Let's let's talk about it. I mean, this is so exciting, and and it's like we mentioned uh, before. We think it's been ten years. I think I think it's been ten years. Yeah, and so that was when you were living in Northfield and did the, did the um, lowbrow, high octane, 
uh, car show. show. Yep, yep, that was super cool, and I loved how it combined work in the gallery with cars in the back and music. Music at the cow. And, yeah, it was you know. just a great celebration. And uh, maybe we want to spend just a few minutes giving folks an update on where your life has gone in those last 10 years. Uh, what might surprise a few people. Maybe. Um, <laughs> well, since then. Uh, well, tattooing for the last six six, five years, something mm-hmm. like that, or in Zimbroda. Um, I don't have a hot rod. <laughs> okay, that's one of my questions. <laughs> um, well, that's all shifted to the, the uh, overlanding off-road genre now. Mm. So we have three kids. So it's funny you were talking about fitting car seats in cars. <laughs> so we have a Suburban, and it's... Uh, yep. Can't leave anything alone, so it's lifted with thirty fives and a bumper. And a, oh, so you, and it's, it's not your ordinary. No, it's a gas guzzling grocery getter. So, um, <laughs> but it does go off road and it does get off road. Okay, while, so. yeah, and those car seats, you know, especially cars that are older, they don't have any of the clicking things that all the car seats come with, and it makes life a little challenging. It's, yeah. So that three kids, three, really young kids. Three, so you three and four right now. Two, three, and four. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> it's it's a busy household. It is. It's yeah. chaos. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I bet this past holiday season was kind of fun. It's fun. Um, it's fun. They get they they have a lot of cousins, mm. so there's a lot of get-togethers, and they just have a good time. That's important. Yeah, that's that's great. And th- um, this book too is about about that family piece um, and. Uh, you're also, you mentioned tattoo artists, which some mm-hmm. folks might not know. Um, that's kind of a, a place that you went, which maybe seems natural, um, given your um, illustration abilities and talents. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that. and um, Sort of an accident, but I started in Rochester at mm-hmm. a place called Sacred Heart. And then we opened a shop in Sombrota. Okay. So, yeah. That's, yeah that's... We opened um, in... February of 2020, so it was excellent timing. <laughs> oh no! We were open for three weeks and then shut down for three months. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, because those that was not a place they wanted people to go. No, which is silly because we're so clean, but whatever. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? You have to. There's a lot of rules. Yep. you have to follow to do that. Yeah, that was um, awesome timing. I'm curious as an artist because this is something I was telling you earlier. My daughter got her ears pierced. It was one of her wishes for her birthday. Or, well. Again, I should say. Um, And as I was there, I was thinking about skin as a medium. Like that is not the same as a, you know, illustration sheet or a sketchbook or a, you know, little um, white. Oh, my gosh, the name. um, Just just a blank slate. Yeah, Yeah, right. And so how did you translate your work when, you know, you make an illustration on paper, but you want to put it on skin, which I would imagine no one... It, you, every every customer has something different. Well, there's a, there was a learning curve off right off because my illustrations were really tight, mm. and that doesn't translate well mm-hmm. to tattooing. Or, um, okay. So I had to kind of figure that out. Uh, but yeah, everyone's skin is different, and every part of the body is true different. Right. So it's, I I for me, I don't know what you're getting, what I'm getting into until needle hits the skin and you're like all right here's what we're dealing with today yeah so it really is an art to make those work and to get what someone's vision is and that they're going to be showing and wearing for years to come not stressful at all (laughs) (laughs) i would imagine i would imagine but it makes sense some of your work would translate how how do you describe your work because i um it has if if I see something I know it's a Nick Sinclair. You have have a personality that comes through. I, don't know. I just draw pictures. Yeah, but I don't know. there's always uh you know uh, a lot of the things are car based, and but they're they're like fantasy. I do a lot of floral and tattooing. Oh, okay. That direction heavy. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And so how did how did you make that transition or what? Why did I get in? I I I don't know. Okay. Just flow. Flowers have flow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's, yeah, different. Like the cars have the, the hard lines. Very mechanical. Yeah, right. And this the flowers have obviously a whole nother, um, yeah. it's a whole nother like structural elements. I still do car stuff mm-hmm. on tattooing. 
Of course, yeah. Because um, not every person wants to have a car. Not everyone wants a car. Not everyone wants a rose. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that your illustrations, I've always been a big fan. Um, we have a couple pieces in our house that we just love. Um, and it's it's just so much fun to see, you know, your, your the trajectory of your life and um, where it's going. And um, you have the website, as I mentioned, for folks that are listening. It is... Um, Nick Sinclair, let's see, make sure I get that right, nicksinclair.art.art, mm-hmm. um, which has some updates on some of the things that you're doing, has um, information about the book, and also one of the things I thought was really funny were the um, Founding Fathers. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I did those a while ago. Did you? And just kind of buried them for a while and then mm-hmm. brought them back. So, yeah. and, and I thought what was fascinating was it didn't, like, surprise me it, or, and well because you don't really ever see them with their sleeves right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> to see it's like oh well sure they could possibly but sure. a tattoo's been an art that's been around for a long time oh, yeah. i mean there, there possibly could have been uh but you you show them in a way that's uh, really amusing and wonderful to see so it's fun for folks who should definitely check that out so let's talk about two door post okay uh, this is uh, your new memoir, and it's uh, the t- cover is beautiful. Memoir of a Poncho. It's the advertisement for. Is that the real one, or did you no, make that? I it's made not it okay. Up. Um, but nobody does this anymore. Like um, Auto Trader. Right, I remember. We, of course, I remember oh my gosh, that. You would go to the gas station and be mad that the new one wasn't out, mm-hmm. and then you get it home and you'd read it like. Just go through it. Yeah, nobody my, does it anymore. And, and my dad loved to like dream about yeah. what what you know. Well, I could do that, or maybe I could, um, you know. But it it didn't always work out that way. But he was a car fanatic, so there's a lot that I related to in this book. Um, and the the car on the cover is a poncho, which I or a Pontiac Tempest. Okay. Tell me, <clears throat> tell me how that so it translate car for me. What do you mean? Like the what, poncho, the, yeah. I don't know how, why they how poncho. it's yeah, it <laughs> this was, is called poncho. I was how they got that thing named. You know, I don't know. And okay. then the GTO uh, called the goat. And growing up, I was just like, it's a goat. Uh, this is what they call it. It's weird, but now I like the greatest of all time. I'm assuming maybe that it was I, back then. Even I didn't catch on to that. Mm-hmm. Forty years later, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my son drives a oh I shouldn't even say he probably would be really mad we call it the goat mobile because it used to carry goats see that's <laughs> well, that <laughs> I shouldn't have said that um, <laughs> but this has a different meaning and of course it's the two door post and it, so it's funny this car I found at a car show I found the cover Okay. Oh, so... and I actually thought it might have been my car Okay, so I should say the book is 90% true, and the storyline that we go find it, that's not. But there's truth mixed into it. And I needed something to carry the story, a story through. I had thought about going to find it. And so one day I thought I did at a car show. You thought you actually found it? I actually went over this car, like the one that's on the cover, over and over. I was like, is this my car? Is this my car? Okay, so but it sure looks like it's it exactly, could be. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. exactly how it it looked. And I was one one term I was not familiar with is Muncie. What does that mean? Transmission. It's just the type of transmission. Yeah. Okay. So or the um, brand. The brand. Oh, it's a brand name. Okay, that I didn't know. Um, I love that this car has an eight track player. There are people listening who will remember that. I didn't remember that they had them in cars because it wasn't around for very long. It was like a summer. I remember my friend had an eight-track player, and you know we were listening to uh, who knows Elvis and I don't know, Michael Jackson. Maybe I can't even remember what we were <laughs> what we were listening to. Um, but not a lot of people. So I'm thinking that your car, when it was first put out, might have been kind of fancy because it had that. I don't know. Okay, but it did have an eight-track player, which is a, kind of an, an, an odd quirk. Of and a, a three on the tree. Oh. So like, nope. I had friends who were like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you shifting on the column as we're driving? What's this thing on the dash?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was all yeah, and that's the thing. They, I, I think that, um, I don't know. Cars really had personality back then, and this was what year was this? A sixty six, nineteen sixty six. Very good year. Very good year. Uh, 
And um, let's talk about the um, how this came about. Uh, how you know it's um, you know something that you haven't done before is to to write down stories and and tell me uh, you well, know what prompted the the project. Well, my dad passing away, so that mm. was eighteen years ago, I think. And I don't know why I decided to write. I really don't. I I, I didn't sit down thinking I'm going to journal and get through this therapeutically through writing i i don't know why i mm. didn't it wasn't that choice i just started writing about this car and okay. him was it when you went and your mom sold the house and you found a lot of this stuff in the garage maybe that prompted um, that mm, no it was after she sold the house okay i can't remember it was a long time ago yeah no. i don't remember the exact timelines but i i don't i don't know why i started writing it mm -hmm. but it did it got set down multiple times and i just recently in the last six months maybe picked it up and just cranked on it so it took 18 years to yeah. write this short little book well yeah but. it's a lot and you're I, I love your heart that comes through this and it's uh the story of you know what happens your father passing mm -hmm. away and that moment um i thought was really beautiful that you um one of the one of the lines you have in there is cancer made a home in his brain mm -hmm. and it's like oh that says everything that's all you need to say um and and there was a um you know a, 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 that was a very difficult time a lot of us can relate to that going through how hard that is to see somebody you adored and mm -hmm. spent so much time with struggle and you know not not be themselves yeah and then have to witness their passing yeah deteriorating so, and it, yeah. Right. Um, but there's also a line in here talking about, uh, I think this is in the first chapter, which is called Like Father, about all the things that you did with your dad, mm -hmm. you know, being behind the wheel driving uh, yeah. and the poker nights that he insisted on, you know, I think it was an every week thing. It became that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the engines that you had all over, everywhere, all over the house. And that, that included, you know, snowmobiles and Everything. boats and... <laughs> lawnmowers and weed whacker anything with a motor yeah and it i'm sure other people had those but my family never brought anything in to get it fixed so mm. like you're always fixing it yourself mm. which meant there was always a broken one laying around that you couldn't fix then you had a backup so when yeah. the one was broken you had another and yeah. yeah so and the part that um i loved you know um was the uh, way that the tools sort of just kept coming in, into the house again and again. I can relate to that. <laughs> it's always, if you have a project, you need a new wrench, you need a new, yep. you never know. I, I don't even know the names of some of the parts that, that um, it's like my dad had an auto body shop in his, uh, his garage because he had everything. There's like a tool for every little yes. <laughs> thing that you need to have. <laughs> Which is kind of funny that they make it that way, but it was a good business, right? Yep. Good business. And so how did you reconnect with those memories? I, I'm thinking, you know, what what was it that you used um, as a writer to unlock some of those, um, the sensory details and the um, uh, stories and, and the, you know, vivid descriptions of, of some of the, the ways of you and your father being together? I just thought about it. Mm -hmm. just, I, I could never write it. I had to be alone mm -hmm. to write it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then as you just start typing, it just all comes back and just kind of flows. And I didn't write. I wrote like I talk, that I guess. is Yep, that so comes through, yeah. I didn't try to analyze how the writing was going to be. I mean, sure, there were sentences that were messed up, and people were like, that doesn't make sense. Mm. But I just wrote like I talked. Mm -hmm. So Like you were just sitting down having a conversation. The story. Yeah. Yep. And that comes through. And I, th I think that's something I'd like for, for people to know is a lot of people say, well, I'd like to write that book, but I don't know if I can, you know, how I would do it. But what you did is exactly what you need to do is you just need to like open the door. And then I've talked to many, many authors and, and that's what happens is you start with something and then all of a sudden it triggers. Oh yeah. And, oh, I remember, or, oh, that's right, and you just, it starts pouring out. It's really kind of an amazing process if you think about it. Yeah, there were times where I, I think some of the reasons it took so long is because I had to just stop. Yeah. It was too hard to write, so I had to stop. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I've definitely had those moments. Yeah, and and that's, that's and where. And not like I couldn't think, it was like emotional. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so. you connected with it and remembered things yeah. that you just were like, not now. Yep. I, I, I got to keep going. And that's what makes it such a, a, a fun story to read is that it has both those elements. It has the, the conversational tone. It has the funny. Uh, but it has those heart-tugging moments, too, that um, all of us can absolutely relate to and so I want to let people know this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination I'm here with Nick Sinclair and we're talking about his brand new memoir uh, Two Door Post which is just out in the last couple weeks yeah, right before Christmas, right before Christmas <laughs> it came out exactly um, and you have a way of, of turning phrases in this book and your voice is so strong and how did you I, I imagine you had to do a lot of editing to get some of the stories just, you know, nailed and, and, and shaped in a way that you wanted them to look. Um, I just wrote and mm-hmm. then I handed it off to people, like, read this. Mm-hmm. And then I would get like, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I want it to make sense. So I had to go back and figure that out. Um, like the A-track bit where I'm putting CDs on the A-track. That got a little lost because in my head, I'm like, I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it didn't translate well, so I had to rewrite that a couple times. Yeah, because one thing you did, because, you know, this is the thing that I think is amazing about your mind is you wanted to leave that eight-track player in, in the car, but you figured out how to play CDs through... Well, I recorded CD to eight-track. Well, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. which I don't think I've heard of anybody ever doing that. <laughs> so I had Pantera and Beastie Boys and something else on eight track which is amazing i didn't even know you could record to eight track right (laughs) so you figured that out so you always kind of had a mechanical brain or or the example from your father that that you just figured it out figured out Mm -hmm. and that's part of what the story is too um you know it, it goes into um that that journey you know and trying to understand a little bit about life because your father was a model for you, but in some, in some ways he wasn't like you. Right. Um, and that was, you know, part of the figuring out. There's actually, he's a not, I'm a lot not like him. Okay. So he, <laughs> he was a software engineer ah. and his brain somehow worked in the computer world and numbers don't mean, I can't do it. But the mechanical <laughs> but stuff. But the mechanical stuff and the family bit mm-hmm. and the, um, being okay with old broken stuff that you have to fix mm-hmm. type of thing that's there that you related to and um i think one of the other other things about him was he was a very religious man um, or he t- went to church a lot I was they, started, <laughs> they went, grew up catholic they did he was uh chicago so very catholic and um went to church quite a bit but obviously toward when you're facing death Start going a lot. <laughs> and so um, I definitely saw that towards the end. Mm-hmm. And and the, the part about when the priest comes to visit is... Oh, my gosh. I can't even... <laughs> that's where you're standing there and go, you can't make this stuff Right, up. exactly. <laughs> so that's I, not made up. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, super funny. Exactly. Um, I love how you expected him to come in a Buick because he was old and... Yeah. And and I think he, you never mentioned whether he did come in a Buick or not. It wasn't. I don't even remember. I think it was white. Okay. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, he was old. It was, um, and that's a pretty memorable. Um, uh, and, and your father kind of came to the conclusion that God used his illness to draw him closer, closer to yes. closer to the father. And and so interestingly enough, I don't think this book could have been finished right away. Mm-hmm. It had to take uh, my finding my faith and then kids having my own kids to really fill in all the ingredients it needed if that makes sense mm-hmm. like it, mm-hmm. it, it couldn't have been done without those two elements which I think had, that, obviously came a lot later right and that that comes through and, and what i love about that is in that section where you're talking about you know your father and that you kind of uh, it have this really funny line about <laughs> <laughs> which I I found very amusing. So you're, you're talking about the the Catholic uh, ways of being at church, mm-hmm. and you were you know kind of you know the up the down the moving crossing bowing all the things that you were doing, and you said now that I think of it, calisthenics must be Latin for Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which made me laugh out loud. So you do a really good job of having those like hardcore serious moments and then mixing it up with some of these things that make you just, you know, chuckle out loud because you can't help. Um, and that that makes the story easier because it's it's, you know, it's a heartbreaking story about your dad. Um, and it makes it so rich, rich and relatable. And wh why was it you wanted to put the book out in the world? I have no idea. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I It wasn't, I need to share the story. I, it, I don't know. <laughs> That's the answer. I, I have no idea. Well, it's a very meaningful yeah. story. And I think that uh, there's a lot that people can relate to. I, like I mentioned, I came from a dad who <laughs> loved cars. We spent many hours you know, at car shows, um, after church, we would go to the car parking lot, which our family, me and my sister and mother loved, <laughs> not really, <laughs> um, walking around cause he liked to be there when the salesmen weren't there and he could sure. read yep. all the labels and look at all the new doodads. And I, I don't know. And then we would, you know, watch all the races on television. So that part got, you know, got to me cause um, you know, there was a lot in there. Um, and you mentioned that this, um, you know, we, we all sort of uh, don't necessarily want to turn into our fathers, at, but we do all need to, you know, pass through that stage mm -hmm. of moving from teenager to, you know, manhood, girlhood, boyhood, womanhood. Um, and you said that your passage was installing new brake lines and tuning that small block Chevy. Yep, so how, kind of who who had that idea first? Do you think for the two of you to work on the car? Oh, I think it was his idea. It, 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 was it his way of trying to say, "I, I want to connect with you"? I, I guess. I mean, it's not like we didn't have a connection. Yeah. But coming up on fifteen, six driving age, that you're going to get a car. I think he was like, "Well, let's build a car." Okay. So we definitely that was a process mm -hmm. to find the right car. Because, like I said, it wasn't you weren't scrolling through Facebook marketplace you were you were picking up <laughs> no, you the paper and actually calling people um and just driving around like if there was a for sale sign on a car you stopped mm. and looked which i still do but <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah i think it was his idea so and and when did you know that this particular um car the um 1966 pontiac temptus was the one uh, I think he basically said this was going to be the one. <laughs> <laughs> he knew. There were a couple other cars that we had looked at, and yeah. I, I, I don't know why. I've always was into off um, Baja, mm -hmm. like the Baja one. I love that desert racing thing, so I was like, I want a Baja bug. And But we live in Minnesota. And we even looked at one, <laughs> and we opened the doors, and since it, whatever, it was a mess. And my mom was like, you're not driving a bug when you're 16. Those are like, you're going to get... No, you're, that's a, you're in a coffin, basically, on four <laughs> wheels. We're not driving that. She wanted me to uh, have, like, a Suburban. <laughs> ah, but your dad didn't. Yeah, so uh, we looked at... What did we look at? We looked, a car we looked at had, like, a, a bubble back window. It, it did, To me, I was like, that's ugly. Like the, he like, tried to convince me of it, and I was like, I don't want it. He's like, fine. Like the... What was that other car that had the bubble window that um, had the gas tank and it kept exploding? Oh, uh... Mm. Uh, Pinto? Shoot. Yeah, the Pinto. Is, that, is it like or that? Or the Corvair. It could have been either. Um, I think they both. Maybe, maybe so. But, anyway, but you um, didn't like the bubble window. Yeah, it was early 60s. I don't know. At the time, I like it now, but like back then I didn't want it. Mm -hmm. I was more into like your late 60s, fastback, Chevelles, Novas, mm -hmm. whatever. But we ended up with the mid-60s. And then when you knew that that was the one, how did you, what questions were you asking if you're out shopping for old cars? What would you tell I people? I didn't ask anything. He did all the talking. He did. Because he knew that was his, how do I put this? He knew. He knew what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. we, what we didn't want. I didn't. I was learning. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I loved how you talked about if it, if it uh, dropped a little oil, you knew that... Like, there were different ways, different coded things that people would put into their ads. Yeah, little rust meant you got to repair a quarter panel. There's it a leaked a little. It, you got yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. you got to look around for the right one, yeah. and that that's part of the fun too. You know, I think, so. I think that's not going to be the same now with the engines that we have because it's not. Um, there's not that much flexibility in being able to switch things out or fix things on your own. Because of the materials. Yeah, not much. You have to bring it to a shop. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And so there's a, a, that's what I love too about this story is that it's a bit nostalgic that way. Um, and you know, you you learned all about this particular car, and you were 15 when this. I, I think I was 15, 15 or 16, right there. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 rem- I swear I, I think we got it before I had my license. Okay. Because that's a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. You buy it like when you're 14 or 15, and then you fix it up until you have your license, and then. But yeah. What do you think um, his hopes were for the car, and what were your hopes for the car when you first? Because you had to trailer it back. So we trailered it home mm-hmm. um, on a dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his thoughts were. He grew up with the Corvettes and drag racing. Um, and I think he had a style in his head. Um, and we kind of, I think we achieved that look. Um, yeah. yeah. And for you, what were you, what were your hopes as you were thinking about putting something loud and fast, loud and fast, (laughs) typical teenager boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you were worried. What was really funny about this was the, um, when you brought it home, you thought it was more like a grandma mobile. It had a, it had a bench seat. Uh That's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, at the time when we bought it, it was only a straight six mm-hmm. with a three on the tree, which I had didn't know existed until we bought that car. Um, but yeah. And I want to know about what your mom thought about the two of you doing this project. Did that I don't remember that talking talking about. Know. I'm yeah. sure she loved it. I would Did imagine. She? I mean, she grew up around cars and drag strips and. Stuff like that. So yeah, um, there was a, a section in in there where you mentioned your mom. Uh, something I don't remember when it came in the timeline, but your your car wasn't starting after school. Yeah, and like she, she came. came and fixed it. And then <laughs> I actually talked to her, and I was like, "What did I say?" I go, "Did I? What did she say?" She basically told me, "Yeah, we learned that because my friend had an old sixty an old car, and we could never get it started, so we had to put our hands over the carburetor, vacuum leak, or something like that." And she's like, "So we had to like, do that when we were kids to get it started." And I was like, "Okay, that's super. So that's she, a super cool so mom." Pop the hood. <laughs> she's under the hood. It starts, and I was like, "Okay, slightly embarrassing." But here we go. <laughs> but mom came to the rescue. She came to the rescue. <laughs> And that was that was a fun part of the story too. Um, and and you mentioned that um, my new car that doesn't run became kind of a recurring theme throughout your life. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Just cars that break down. <laughs> and, and and what have you learned about managing those? Like, do you carry nothing? A- I keep buying cars. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, do you carry a toolbox with you oh, now? I, oh, or? that's funny. Yeah, I actually have tools in the. You do the suburban. I carry around just in case. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you, but you, you could probably look at something and fix it. It depends. Like we were talking of new motors and engines. That's a lot of electronics. Mm-hmm. I don't know that stuff. I can probably diagnose it and be like, I think this is where we're going wrong, and maybe fix it. But if it's like a computer, um, forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the difference, right? Because you could always. Um, I think you could make a lot more adjustments to your car too when you were it, back back in the day of. Yeah. I remember my dad futzing with carburetors and um, timing belts and just like making. I mean, he spent hours. I don't know if he spent hours in the garage fixing the cars because he needed to or because he wanted to or, or, or he wanted to get out away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just taking a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, and that that's that's a pretty strong memory for a lot of people, I would imagine. And I kind of hope I think part of what 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 I'm getting at is that that nostalgia of fixing cars in your garage that you know a lot of kids don't grow up with now, right? I mean, uh, yeah, uh, we don't have that same uh, ability to do all the fixing, at, or I don't know if it's time or priorities or yeah, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do meet some younger people who are into it. But the majority, no. Like, we were uh, youth group leaders at our church for a while. And this is when I had a 64 Fairlane. Mm. And I was like, hey, I'm going to take you three, and we're going to go cruise. So I have these three teenagers in my back seat, and we're cruising, and they're so bored. And I'm like, you guys don't get it. Roll down the – we're not going anywhere. It, we're just driving. There's not a point to like, this. I don't get this. And I'm like, this is, this is what you do. <laughs> you just drive. And they didn't get it. Yeah, you made so, a point about that in the book about the um, – windows and how the airflow 
uh, we that you have a theory about why they designed them. I don't know. They just ruined it. <laughs> Didn't you, right? Am I wrong? Like, no, I don't you think you're down wrong. The window on a new car, two mm-hmm. thousands newer, maybe you get that weird like rattle. Rat, the ears. They. I don't know. Compression in the air. I don't know. But an old car, it just they they flow. Mm-hmm. You got those little triangle windows up front to fold in and out and. Yeah, and, and and some of the the stories in here are about that. Just that country roads at night, starry night, mm-hmm. um, just you know coming back and forth from being out cruising, and there's nothing like that. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just really magical to be on the road, you and your car. Um, you know, you hear the roll of the gravel, uh, the you know winds. whatever nature's out there Mm -hmm. looking up at the sky man it's a good feeling and kids don't have that right now so so we have to maybe fix that that like cars could become different um and (laughs) you you talk a lot about um the you know what this process did for you because it took a long time to get this car uh and you did a lot of you know engines and parts and sourcing panels and Mm -hmm. Um, changing out all kinds of stuff. Yep. And so you learned a lot of wisdoms, I think, in life. What do you think um, are some of those things that that whole process of putting together the car taught you? Patience, mm. maybe, which I don't have a lot of. So I don't <laughs> know if I learned it, but I understand. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Persistence. I mean, I don't know. If anyone's worked on a car, things never go right. That's and true. So you got your arm in a position where you're backwards and you're like, wait a minute, righty tidy, but I'm twisted upside down. So really it just try making it work. I mean, I've spent 15 minutes screwing in just one nut with my fingers. I don't know. Persistence. <laughs> Maybe I did learn patience. <laughs> yeah. And if it's worth it, if it's worth the effort, the end result is, you know, going to be yeah. great. Cause you built it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like even now changing the, I have, unless it's winter, because we don't have a garage, but changing the oil on the car, I like this is I like this. Mm-hmm. This is enjoyable. Maybe it's manly <laughs> to get your hands dirty and get in the mechanics of a car, and Any it just of your feels k- good. Kids haven't shown interest in cars. Oh my gosh, I pull. I have to find all my wrenches and sockets around the yard after I'm done even working on something because they just walk off with them and they pretend to work on the bumper and like they the, it's the tools. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they like the tools. Mm-hmm. So they get into it. They don't know what they're doing, obviously. They're only four. But, um, <laughs> it's a little young. <laughs> they enjoy it. When I'm working on something, they just want to be there tightening the lug nuts with something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's good you're passing that on. Yeah, just, like the, the feel of a tool in the hand and making things happen. Um, you know, and, and I think that every kid should have that experience of, some, like, you think you're going to fix this and you think it's going to take this much time, but it goes wrong. It always does. Always, always, always. And that's such a good experience for kids to have is that idea of follow through. Um, and you can do that. Not, it doesn't have to be through cars. You can do it through cooking. You can do it through sewing, cleaning, building model trains, whatever your hobby is. Skateboarding. And yeah. Snowboarding, those individual sports where you're not competing. It's mm-hmm. just yourself trying to conquer something. Yeah. That's Yeah. I think that's such a, such an important thing, and if parents can pass that on, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, so it, there's just so much in this book. Again, it's called Two Door Post, um, and it talks about this the whole world of cars, right? And the the people who love to fix them in their driveways, or the people who go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funniest parts for me was when you're talking about when you go to a car show and you ask one question. <laughs> And you take us on the journey of what can happen when you ask that one question. Do tell more about about what it's like to ask a car guy about a car. It doesn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) They'll keep talking. (laughs) I've experienced that. Mm -hmm. So, and and they know they're happy about. They're excited about it. Their knowledge, their own car, and yeah. And they want to share. And they want to share. And I think that's that's the culture part of it. Is that a lot of that gets passed through those stories of um what the original car you know what type of of whatever it was that they 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 know all a lot Mm -hmm. of those guys about um all the different um spark plugs and carburetors and the lines and the brake lines 
the, the you know they can tell the difference between one because of the kind of shoes they have on the brakes up front and back and you're like whoa yep. Yep. <laughs> and and that's a great that's a pretty great great world and they're all i i found at least in our my growing up a lot of good good folk oh yeah and they're they tell you because they want to help mm-hmm. like you know like yeah i mean nowadays you just turn on youtube and you can find a video for anything but when you sit down with someone, they want to like show you, or you, you see they did something. Like, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. And they will show you, yeah, and walk you through it. And and so it's about teaching and passing on, yeah. and and um, knowing that. And I hope I hope we always have that. Uh, I was thinking about that with um, you know cars these days. Now you you plug them in to diagnose it um, to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Some cars you even plug in to recharge it, yeah. oh. um, so it's not even really an engine anymore. There's no like <laughs> parts. Yep. It's software updates. It's um, which yep. like blows your mind, right? Like I don't I don't think my dad would have ever been able to to imagine um, his world of cars. Which he was really into, but he was also a software engineer. Okay. Yeah, right. it is. Um, and that those two worlds would kind of merge at some point. Because for him, they were always very separate. It was like, it's this is my work world, and this is my hobby. Yep. <laughs> and so, it, it, what do you think will, will will happen with cars? Where are we going with it? Oh, my goodness. I, I know. No I, it's, a, it's not a trick question. I, I don't know the answer either. Um, or what do you hope, maybe? Because you've always had us. I hope that all the computers die and we have to go to carbureted (laughs) motors again. (laughs) That's what I hope (laughs) before they turn on us and take over society. (laughs) That's that's one way. I I will say this: um, the Cybertruck is a very intriguing vehicle. Oh no! (laughs) My husband says that too. I would take one. I'm saying I buy one because I'm broke, but I would. They're ugly, and they're (laughs) ugly, but like. We're talking so about the ug- Tesla Cybertruck, yeah. if anyone out there is listening. So ugly that they're attractive in a weird way. Oh. Uh, and then I've learned all the stats on it. They're they're a beast. They're well, fast. They can out-tow a 250. Like, oh. they're quite the machine. So, But my husband did learn. I think he, he showed me a picture. Uh, bicycle didn't fit in the back. Of I'm sure it does. <laughs> So, so he was bummed about that. That might be why he wouldn't get one. I said, and I was very grateful for that because I don't want that in our garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that if that's the direction we're going, I'm really sad because that feels more like you know, mad madness. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. I, I don't, I'm torn, honestly. I love the sound, and it's weird to watch the industry too because you do have their trucks who are doing like 700 horsepower, like trucks that are crazy but then they're also building straight electric mm-hmm. um i love the smell and the sound and the feel of a, just a monster v8 yeah because you wouldn't hear the engine if it's all electric there. but at the same for the off-roading is really interesting which isn't practical because you need range and they don't really have range mm-hmm. but if you can crawl through the woods in a in a jeep because they make them with no engine sound and you just hear nature and your wheels kind of going over the ground, like there's something peaceful to that as well. Is that like does that make sense? Yeah, like the country roads at night, that yeah. that sort of thing. Well, you're not. It's just nature, but mm-hmm. it is also fun to go through the woods with a V8 rumbling. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Bambi's running for its life, kind of thing. Yeah, there's it's it's a it's a mix of both, yeah. and but I always think there'll be car culture here. I don't think that's going away, because no. I think we we in America like our cars. Like I said, folks um, have them as, you know, they're uh, name them. They, you know, they're parts of their family. It, it, it matters what, car, you know, everybody has a little personality they can express through it. I don't think what you drive is not an accident. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think you, everyone has their car for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an extension of your personality. Yeah. And I like so. that, you know, but here's the thing that surprised me. I it kind of... It was a twist I was, didn't see coming. So you spent this time getting this car ready. Mm-hmm. You redid it. But then at one point, you decided that you were going to sell it, sell parts. Yeah, I, I it out. I was so sad, uh, Nick. I really sad. wanted this car <laughs> to, to still be, uh, like, rumbling down the road. Yeah, no, parted it out. Tell me, tell me the thought process and the... the um, um, I don't know why... I lost interest in it, or mm. maybe it was just I had bills to pay. <laughs> but 
the practicality of life. <laughs> right. Um, you always see that guy. Man, I wish I never sold that. And that's, you know, um, just part it out. Mm-hmm. I think I sold the transmission, the engine, and then finally just the car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That surprised me. And that's where the story takes a big turn that uh, I think we may, may or may not have seen coming. Um, and we don't want to, I want to go through the whole thing because I think people need to read the book again. Okay. It's called Two Door Post and it is available at Art. You can find the link um, to the Amazon site that it's on right now. It's on Am- yeah, you can just Amazon. We're hoping maybe there'll be some copies here I'd in like Northfield. To get, I'd like to get hard copies in the stores. And yeah. Stuff, smaller stores. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of people who would enjoy reading this and, and, um, you know, you mentioned that the feedback from people. Tell me what people have been saying when they have read it. Just getting grown men to cry. Yeah. I didn't expect that. But and grown ladies, too. And <laughs> people just to cry. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't write it in that, with that intent. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's weird. The, the feedback I'm getting, like, that's not what I... I'm just sharing my story. Mm. So, I don't know. I think people connect with it. And, and it's um, got that... Uh, there's a lot that whatever way you grew up, you can connect to it and to the, you know, the family story, to the uh, passion story mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody having a hobby, to the, you know, um, transitions we make in life and the things that happen. And then maybe wanting a little bit of things to be the way that they were. Yep. <laughs> and so that that part comes through a lot. Um, and and it, again, I don't I think I want to save the ending because. There is no, let's not. No, we're not going to (laughs) because, but, but let's just say this. There's a part where you decide that you want to trace it and you want to find it again. Yes. And, um, is that part something that you, or is you were talking to me about, um, maybe a few, a few bits of it are exaggerated. Um, So I have wanted to go find it. Yes. But the actual, and that's when you found this picture you thought you might've, I thought actually thought that was it. I Mm -hmm. had to talk to that guy. He thought I was crazy because I didn't take the time to explain myself. I was just so excited. (laughs) Like this might be, is this it? (laughs) He's freaked out. But anyway, um, never made the attempt to actually track it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's a hard thing with a car too, because like you said, it's, um, to us, it's a, uh, there's a relationship with a the car. There's the, you know, the, the love you have for it. But, you know, I, I, I can't imagine that a car stays whole ever, right? Once it reaches a certain age, there's, you know, just you can't put it back together. Well, but there's this one that I found. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's like, so when I sold it, it wasn't awful shape. Mm. So he either cut the pieces off to put on his own project or just fixed it mm-hmm. and it's still running i have no idea yeah um, I, I know and, and reading this book did have me go out onto the internet looking for 94 impala ss's <laughs> <laughs> but i was surprised they've hold, held their values like really those, I, they only made those for like two years yeah right? yeah, yeah those are popular i was really blown away i was like whoa i should have saved that darn yeah. it <laughs> but what could i do right it's the same thing that you that you had you know you got practicality and uh, you got to uh, make sure that you're taking care of the now. And sometimes it's hard to look ahead at, at the future. Yep. Um, and so I, th- I think this story is just such a, a lovely, lovely piece, a surprise for uh, all of us who, you know, adored your artwork to see this part uh, of, of your right, your world and, and your humor and your mm-hmm. heart comes through. Um, it's just really a, a lovely book. Um, I wonder if, um, Let's see if you think if uh, you shared the, the story at all with your kids. I'm thinking about you know, the, do they have any idea what uh, 1966 Pontiac Temptus is? No, I don't think they get it. But uh, my three year old daughter wants a pink lowrider that runs on hydraulics. I've oh that. right, there we. <laughs> I made her watch YouTube channels with hydraulic cars, and she's like, I want one. I want a pink one. A pink one. Okay. <laughs> so I guess we're going to build a 1964 Impala lowrider pink that hops. 
when we get to that point. That is so cool. So, you might have to start looking for that now, uh, given she, yeah. about 12 years she'll be driving herself. And yeah. <laughs> a little pale redhead running the switches on an Impala would be pretty funny. That would be pretty great. Yep. Pretty great. And so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you know what your hopes are for the book and the process of putting it together and getting it published. Um, uh, your you okay know. hopes for the book i don't know sell some books <laughs> that's good that's good uh, i mean honestly bluntly right you want to mm-hmm. sell and mm-hmm. get it out there um i guess just share the story i suppose um it is marketing which i do like so mm-hmm. finding podcasts and blogs and just to promote it and dig into that world again it's that kind of funny i haven't really been in the hot rod thing for a while and mm. now i'm like I built. I'm getting into it again. And, oh, yeah, and one thing we didn't talk about was uh, the illustrations. Oh my gosh, I got so into the story um, because they're extraordinary. And I, I wondered if they came first or if they were uh, as a result of writing the stories. Then you wrote, no, or made no. illustrations to go. I just grabbed old illustrations and just kind of put them in. Some of them are actually tattoo designs. Like that's a tattoo design. Okay. Um, and I put them in. Some are pretty old. This is from. There might be a date on the original, but like, old. Old, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the microphone's over here. Um, and I just plugged them in. They are just, it reminds me of the, the work that you did, so that makes sense that, that I'm seeing some of that. But Yes, some are from that, the Northfield era, mm-hmm. so those car show things. So, yeah. and, and they really do add an element to the story that ma- I think makes it makes the book pop, because it's not like other books, because, because your personality comes through and your sort of fantasy cars... Uh, come through so i would say what i i just wrote it with no methodical intent i just wrote what i spoke but when i was putting it together i was thinking about car guys mm-hmm. so i was like all right my my market is probably not gonna read a thick novel and keep it short and sweet and fill it with hot rod art yeah and so i'm thinking of the guy who's into cars who goes on a fishing trip for the weekend mm-hmm. who can just read it in the some it doesn't take him long to read you're not gonna. I don't think that you're gonna lose your attention. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to put it down and come back to it. And remember what the heck you were reading. So right, each chapter it stands by itself yeah. and is a story in and of itself. Yeah, and then hopefully the art keeps people like me who like. I think that, what it's gonna so. do is if so, you got that old guy at the fishing cabin, and he's gonna start telling his grandkids a story, or cool. uh, you know, sort of reconnect on a, a you know, hear about. A, a, an old car that's one of their favorites or you know a family story because every family has stories about things that happened in cars and so i feel like that could be the launching point for that for some of those guys that are kind of quiet and you know just doing their thing um it it can open some doors and it's called the two door post it's nick sinclair you can learn more about it at nicksinclair.art or instagram at art by sinclair and uh, folks can can grab their copy. Yeah, it's that'd fun. be cool. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here. I just really enjoyed our time. Yeah, I love you. reconnecting with you and yeah. hearing what you're up to. It's been too many years, so I hope it's not going to be that many years till the next time. We'll see what I do next. <laughs> That's right. It's fun to follow. So. <laughs> thank you, Nick. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, folks. This is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I so enjoy these stories and I love sharing them with you so I hope that you will always remember to find a little more art zany in your life and of course in the meantime until next time enjoy your imagination you've been listening to art zany radio for the imagination with your host Paula Granquist art zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. 95.1. The One.